Maya. And me, Emma. Welcome to our episode four, which is about relationships and our experience on being single. We are so happy to have you here. So, Maya, I thought to start off the episode, we could discuss um, the Limerence article that you sent me. Yeah, I think that's a... Do you want to give the listeners like a background to it? Okay, so when Maya and I said we wanted to do an episode to do with relationships and being single, especially in your 20s, um, (laughs) Maya sent me this article. Was it on The Guardian? Yes. Yes. Um, I can't remember who wrote it, but it was about something called Limerence, which... I was reading it and I was like, wow, there's a name for this. It's essentially when you idealize someone, um, make excuses for them, when your heart beats, when you so much as receive a message from them. And this could be someone that you've not even had any physical contact with. You just kind of fall in, well, in limerence with them. It's not love. I think it's such a common feeling. I've just found the the writer, it's Elaine Chong writing in Self and Wellbeing in The Guardian. And she, it's titled When You Can't Quit a Crush. That sums it up perfectly. Doesn't it? It's literally that addictive feeling of, and she describes not being able to sleep. Your whole entire mood of the day relies on waiting for their response. And I was reading it like, this has so been me. Me as well. Like, Really recently, uh, actually, I feel like I've only just got over limerence for this one particular person who will not be named, but <laughs> it was a strange situation where we'd, the most we'd done is share a drink, you know? Ooh. But every time, I know, every time, oh, and this was pre-COVID, just so people know. <laughs> yeah. um, but every time I got a message from him, my heart would soar and oh my god it would change my day and then when I was aired by him my day would plummet and yeah. that's crazy that's a crazy situation to be in I get myself in these situations so often I'm that person who falls so quickly and starts creating that fantasy world making it out to be something that it's not and I'm the worst <sighs> for it and my friends are always like Maya this is why you get heartbroken so easily because you let yeah. yourself give in to these ideals <laughs> I know, I know. And we do, we do idealise these people and we make excuses for them as well. Like, oh, he's had a really busy few days. That's why he's aired me for three days. Like, oh my no. God. Honestly, the same. This this one boy would always, he'd always reply like a day late and I'd be like, oh, it's because he's busy. It's because he's doing this, because he's doing that. No, no. Yeah. Replying is the bare minimum, guys. (laughs) Literally, please. Honestly, if you can't get them to reply, they just aren't even worthy of your time. (laughs) Exactly. That is a red flag. Like, don't go into a relationship if there's no communication. We will leave the article in the show notes because it's a really interesting read. And the fact that we can now have a name for it and we can call it Limerence makes me feel there's some solidarity in us single people. I agree. Well, speaking of single people, I don't know about you, Maya, but I always think, oh, I'm one of the only 20-year-olds who's single and never had a serious relationship. All Um, the time. So we actually posted a poll on our stories. Uh, You can follow the podcast Instagram at metime underscore podcast (laughs) if you want to get involved. But we were asking, are you single or in a relationship? And it was... 66% said single and 34% relationship. That actually, it's weird because it kind of surprised me because when it came through, it was really even. It was like 50-50 and I was like, wow, I can't believe there's more people in relationships than there are single. And then it just went to 60-30 and I was like, that's crazy. Because I feel like a lot 
of my friends in my friendship group are single, but then I have friends of friends and their friendship groups are all in relationships. So I think it, yeah. it's really like dependent on what your friendship group is in. Yeah, definitely. But I think it just shows that you're not you're not outnumbered in the single club, you know? I think that's sometimes all we need is like being single is some reassurance that we're not, that because we're 20 and single or because we're, you know, in our early 20s and single, it's not a big deal. Exactly. Um, and I think it just, you know, you've got to get to a stage where you can be happily single. We'll get into more of that later, but constantly worrying about being single doesn't get you anywhere. I think, especially for me, it's taken me quite a long time to understand that and to really come to terms with it. Oh, me too. The past five years, or like since maybe age 15 to age 20, I am now 20, (laughs) but until very recently, every year I'd go to my mum, oh, another year's passed and I'm still single. There must be something wrong with me. She'd always say, you're so young though. And I'd be Mm. like, you can't keep saying that. I'm getting older and I'm still single. I mean, this is this is just me airing all my dirty laundry, but every every like New Year's comes around, I get this in my Snapchat memories that I used to do from about the same age. And it'd be like, oh, let's hope that this year will promise me a boyfriend. <laughs> How awful is that? I know. The thing is though, is that they would all count like at New Year's Eve when everyone's counting down and their New Year's kiss. And I'd always be the one like, oh, just gonna have to kiss my hand or I don't know. <laughs> And I think exactly like you, this is the year. My New Year's resolution that I'm not telling anyone is to get in a relationship. (laughs) As we said, we'll get into it, but I think there's just so much pressure and such like a culture of pressure surrounding it. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time though, it's, you know, it's not other people necessarily putting that pressure on you. It's just pressure that you've absorbed through social media mm-hmm. and I don't know literature romantic novels and oh, films I'm the worst for that, that you just oh me too you just think I need to be in a relationship to be complete but the, it's the myth of the other half you are whole without a partner yeah and I think as well just something that I forget is that people are not posting about being single on Instagram but people are going to post about being in a relationship so exactly. you're, you're not like some weird mythic creature that is, can't no. find a relationship. Oh, it's like David Attenborough. I don't know if you've seen on TikTok, but <laughs> people have used his voice to create TikToks where it's like, oh, and, and the single person yeah. emerges from their cave at 12 p.m. because they have no partner to, <laughs> to like uh, wake them up or something. I don't know. And I just thought that was hilarious. I have but seen no, that. Not a mythic creature. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. helpful to start this episode with maybe a bit of background personal experience with relationships slash being single um so may i don't know if you want to kick us off from around age i don't know whatever you feel okay 13 um so a lot of my experience with relationships have come from uh, from school so sixth form and the end of year 11 um so i only had one kind of relationship in school and then like was seeing another boy towards the end of sick form. Throughout those experiences, I find it really hard to place myself back in those scenarios because I think I've just evolved so much as a person. I think I was going through a lot of stress mentally and a lot of personal problems during the time that I was in those relationships. I guess you could call them. I don't think they were set enough in stone to call them that, but I was so, I think, 
naive, so young, so not really sure what I was doing. And I got into these relationships at a time where I definitely wasn't ready for them. But I think I just needed that extra growing period, maturing period. Mm. And there are many things that I did back then that I wish I, that now I look back on, I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I didn't do that. But yeah. I'm, I've learned to take them as lessons, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's like, as they say in How to Fail, one of my favourite podcasts, <laughs> it's not a failure, it's a learning curve. It really is. Do you want to give us some background um, about you? Um, yeah, so oh, my background with relationships. Well, to be honest, I think I've been single all my life. I had a relationship, if you can even call it that, when I was 12 this boy that i had fancied for a long time so when he finally like asked me out on valentine's day (gasps) might i add it was you know it was a long time coming and that lasted about three months um which back then seemed like a long time i was like wow we've made three months and everything's Um, intensified at school i don't know if you found that so like so intense um but you know it was a, an age 12 year eight relationship i i can't even call it one mm. um so he was my quote-unquote boyfriend but i wouldn't consider him that um now you know looking back yeah but yeah since then i i mean i just have never had a partner um and for a long time i thought something was wrong with me i really internalized it and said and thought to myself I must be unlovable or ugly or that you know there must be something wrong with me because other people are getting into relationships and I'm not um and it definitely knocked my self-confidence and my self-worth but it was a bit of a vicious cycle because I already had low self-worth so I looked externally for validation Mm. specifically male validation um and when I didn't get that my self-worth would kind of plummet even more yeah um And it was only really until university or I'd say the last year of sixth form uh, that I started to realise that wasn't going to get me anywhere. That I had to kind of learn to love myself before I could expect anyone else to look at me that way. Yeah. Um, And also someone had a good friend had said to me, which is advice that I've passed on since to other people that you, you know, you have to rate yourself you have to act at least as if you rate yourself for someone else too. And so, I mean, I had my first kiss when I was 17 in Upper Sick, like in September of Upper Sick. Um, So I was like a very late, I don't know, late to the party of all this. Mm. But then, yeah, I guess I then went to university and I had more confidence in myself and just, I've since still never had a boyfriend, but I'm a lot more confident in that it's not, you know, it's not me. I think it's really hard when you're going through school. There's definitely a pressure there and you can definitely jump in and be too early and not ready for it, but think that you are. I mean, maybe we could talk a bit about societal pressure specifically related to dating apps. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've experienced that, but I definitely have felt when I sometimes jokingly or tongue-in-cheek complain about being single the fact that I don't have dating apps or I I have tinder but I don't really use it Mm. um people say oh well you can't complain if you're not actively on a dating app yeah I 
definitely feel that. I think it's really hard because I think people think now we're in a society where everything's online. And I think a lot of people think that if you're not online and you're not using all all of your resources, then you're not actively looking. But I just have the worst anxiety when it comes to online dating apps. I really don't like them. I really don't like the fact that I can scroll through people's pictures and decide on boys I like based on like a series of pictures. I find them really difficult and I'm really bad at them. That is one thing I've noticed. I think I'm really bad at texting and like flirting over text. (laughs) I just, I find it so hard to judge their tone of voice and I'm quite my humour and my, I guess, flirting method is sarcasm. You know, I, I choose to offend someone tongue-in-cheek rather than compliment them. Which doesn't um, really come across well with a stranger. <laughs> it doesn't. And 90% of guys just get confused and say, what do you mean? And I'm like, oh, for God's sake, I was joking. I was being sarcastic. That makes me laugh. The amount of times that has happened, though. So I, I mean, I still have the app. I mainly got it. I got it this year in like September or October, I can't remember. But I kind of did it because a couple of people that I was close with had got it and they were seeing a few people through it and I thought, oh, it might be fun. But also a part of me knew that I would never meet anyone through it. Just, I mean, A, because of COVID, but B, because the thought of putting myself in a situation where I'm meeting a stranger, I just... I don't want to make myself vulnerable like that. It's quite jarring, um, if, especially if you haven't it done is it before. Jarring. Exactly. Um, and I know people say, oh, well, if you, don't, if you don't try, you won't get. But I feel like I can meet someone, surely, who I've met in person. I don't know. I know. I think, for me, it's very much a self-confidence thing. Still, I, I think in person, I've gotten much better. But over text, I'm like, oh, like... I think a big part of me because I've never had a huge amount of success in that area, I do still, as you say, talk myself out of things or talk myself down. Yeah. Um, so even though I'm at a place where I'm really happy with myself and my my image, my just everything, um, you know, my mental place is really good. I still, when it comes to boys and relationships, I a part of me still thinks, oh, you know, it, it would never work or I would never be good enough or I would never deserve that. And I know that's wrong. Yeah. Like, I know that's wrong. And I talk my friends out of those mindsets. Yeah. But it's still there. Same with me. I, th- I think it's I think it's really hard as well because the older we get, the more pressure there is. So I find that what I say to myself gets worse as I get older and there's more yeah. pressure that I place on myself. And then it's like, well, why don't you have a boyfriend? Is there a specific yeah. reason? Maybe it's because of this, maybe it's because of that. And I say to my, if my friends was, were talking like that to themselves, I'd be like, no, that's of course not the reason. Exactly. So why can't I do that to me? It's so frustrating. It's such a vicious cycle. It is a vicious cycle. I mean, I remember hearing this quote from Chessie King, who is a legend. If you guys listening don't know who she is, give her a follow on Instagram. Uh, She's just an amazing self-love queen. And she said something along the lines of, talk to yourself how you would talk to your best friend. Yes. And I was just like, yes, like I give my best friend such good advice, but then to myself, I'm horrible. I know. Not anymore, but sometimes still, but not as much as I used to be. Um... But yeah, it's it's crazy the the amount of good advice we give to others and then to ourselves we just automatically internalize everything and assume we are the broken link yeah. when we're really not. Self-doubt is such an awful deprecating thing. It's so annoying. I know. And 
as you said, like as you get older, it kind of gets worse. And in a way it feels like there's a deadline on it. Like I have to get in a relationship yeah. by, I don't know, age 25 or else. Yeah. When everyone is at their own like place and in their life, you know, there's no, it's not a race. Everyone's kind of on their own path. Um, and there's no like deadline to everything like that. Literally. I think as well, it's really hard I don't know if you found the same thing, find the same thing, but there's such a, I guess, expectation that if you're not in a relationship, it somehow kind of restricts your success as a, yeah. as a 20 year old or whatever you're doing. Yeah. I feel like one of the first questions that people always ask is, oh, do you have a boyfriend? And it's, oh, I know. and every time it's like a no, it's such a, there's such like a pause after the no and I'm like I know this is so annoying I've spoken about this with other single friends before but when you catch up with someone who is in a relationship or is having a fling or whatever um or who always has attention from boys it always feels like they speak for 90% of the time because they catch you up on their love life and yeah everything around that and then it turns to you and it's kind of like oh, well, you have nothing to add because you're not seeing someone or not kind of engaged in a relationship. Oh my God, I just hate that. Obviously, there are friends I have in relationships. I really want to hear about their love life and I really want to be invested. And then it's like, oh, are you seeing anyone? It's like, no, the answer is still no. And there's just always that part of my soul that's just like, I wish I had something to share. Yeah, I wish I could add to this conversation. I really wish I could put my like two cents in. I know, but the thing is, is that I am so prepared to be fully invested in my friends' relationships because because I want to be. Like, it's not mm. just about living vicariously through them. It's also just, if they're my friends and it's something that makes them happy, then I want to be a part of it. Absolutely. But- yeah, I, and things, I ship my friends' couples to, like, the nth degree. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I love you guys together. Like, you're the cheerleader. best. Honestly, number one cheerleader on the side, always. And then it turns to you and you're like, oh, like I don't know what to do and, I, and, I, and then I'm always the worst for jumping in and asking them something else about themselves because I just have to yes. deflect all the attention I know I know but I mean speaking of attention I think a big part of these dating apps is it's either narcissistic or a search for as we've said validation external validation mm. um and so I know some people who will use these dating apps just to see how many matches they get and to prove to themselves and maybe others that they they are worthy. And I think that's so toxic because you should not get a kick out of, oh, this person matched with you, you have a hundred matches. I just, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. When I got my first like match on Tinder, I was like, oh my God. So I guess objectively I I am attractive to some people. Yeah, Um, no, I 100%. And I I found that really toxic about Hinge mm -hmm. and Tinder was that I was getting all these likes and and matches and my friend would be like, why don't you just, you know, reply back to them? I'm like, oh no, I can't do yeah. that. But, you know, it's nice to know that. Just so yes. awful. I know, it is awful. And I just, oh, I don't know. It. I mean, the same kind of thing happened to me uh, in first year in university when, you know, it was freshers, went clubbing all the time. You'd kind of hook up with someone. I'd say, "Wow!" Like objectively, I guess people people do like me. Like I yeah. am attractive. But but then when I never did end up having a relationship with any of the people, I would say to myself, "Wow, there must be something wrong with my personality." Then I always thought it was my appearance, but it must be my personality. So yeah. you always 
you always find something to criticize in yourself, you know? Always, you always start picking yourself apart and I think it just comes from self-doubt and it's just awful. I don't know, maybe we could talk about now, like happily single or or kind of ready to mingle. I don't know, where are you at, Maya? Happily single, ready to mingle actively looking but I think in the last year especially over lockdown I've really sort of come to terms with myself and learned to spend time with myself I'm I was awful first and second year I could never my my flatmate was amazing at going out and having a meal by herself or being out and having a coffee by herself Mm. and not having her phone or her laptop or anything just sitting there and being in her own company and I was so bad at that and I really think the last year I've been able to spend time with myself be able to of course say I'm say I'm single but it's now without so much of like a grief stricken Mm. feel to it it's like I'm single do you know what that's fine so are a lot of people yeah exactly um what about you the general vibe I I mean I'd say I'm relatively similar I also used to be awful at just taking myself on a date you know I always used to think if I don't have a boyfriend I can't possibly do romantic things just with myself but over the past year I have I have learned to to appreciate myself um I've really worked on myself in the past year lockdown the several lockdowns have given me that time that I I needed that I didn't know I needed yeah Um, definitely and so I am at a really good place mentally physically um and I think that means that kind of objectively speaking I would be ready for a relationship Uh, and I'd be open to a relationship exactly yeah yeah Yeah. no so that's that's kind of where I'm at but also I have yeah I've kind of ghosted the the dating app scene I just if I have five minutes where I'm really bored I might go on it and I'm I'm a romantic at heart um so if I'm gonna put effort into something I want it to kind of follow through rather than just fizzle out yeah after a week I'm one of those people if I do something I want to want to see it through which is probably yeah maybe a naive way to look at it but that's the way I'm tackling it <laughs> I you know I don't think it's naive I think everyone has their own way of going about relationships yeah um, and it, some people aren't like they'll be interested in someone but not even for a relationship just for the kind of physical attraction which is equally fine but for me I just I need to click you know yeah. emotionally with them um I need that like l- connection on the like initial a conversation basis yeah. not just attraction yeah. well because we're both so chatty so <laughs> if there's no conversation I just I could not deal I'll just fill the void with my waffle <laughs> I know and that would probably put them off as well so. definitely just from a social perspective you know I've had friends who go on double dates with their romantic partner or things that I've just felt left out of I had a friend who hosted a couple's brunch um yeah and and I know I shouldn't have I shouldn't take it personally and I try not to but part of me just feels wow I I guess if I had a boyfriend I would be socially more more attractive to other people because I have a relationship yeah oh god what about you yeah I think sometimes it can just feel like it ticks it goes in the box of I don't Mm. know requirements like uni um it's uh, one of the boxes yeah (laughs) hobbies side job um relationship relationship yes it's like that and it is one of the things they always ask on those forms you know when you like fill out a form and it it will say relationship status or something and it'll say married 
uh, I, I don't know, living with a partner, single. And yeah. I'm always like, why is this relevant? <laughs> but yeah, being but... single now, how do you think you've sort of, like what things have you done to help yourself being comfortable being single? And as you said, kind of find, as you found yourself and improved yourself over lockdown, what do you think that is attributed to? I think a big part of it just came with working on myself but not to do with that aspect just to do with my mental health Mm. um so really and my physical health and just getting to a stage where I I was just happy and I don't know it was a lot of little things that got me there um but I I had to do some relatively drastic things some things which you know such as I for example I stopped sport for two months because you know, I became too dependent on it for my self-worth. So I just I just completely stopped it and learned to love myself for who I was rather than for being the runner or for yeah. being the sporty person, you know? And so that was a big part of it for me. And that might not seem related, but it was so important. I think um, it is. I think, as you said at the beginning, getting into a relationship has to start from being confident in yourself or even just yes. telling yourself, like, I'm I'm the best like I'm hot shit you know <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and learning or teaching yourself to appreciate yourself um yeah hyping yourself up like you would hype your friends up or or just you know looking in the mirror and just thinking you know what like I like how I look today that that's not arrogant of me to say or narcissistic I'm just showing objective appreciation for who I am and for how I look mm-hmm. and everything else absolutely hype yourself up always (laughs) exactly that if you have one thing to take away from today it's that um what about you I think I found that I'm more comfortable being single when I've kind of got a passion project or got something to do or got something on that I'm really really invested in that yeah I kind of don't I don't have any it sounds awful to say but I think there's no space at the moment so if a relationship was to come it would be a welcomed addition it wouldn't be a filler exactly oh I like that I really like that see because so for me my mindset when I was I don't know a couple years ago was always oh I'm such a busy person like they'd just be an inconvenience yeah Um, but actually that just shows that I wasn't ready for a relationship if that's the mindset I was in that was the same as me I was Um, like oh I can't you're like it's just you're a distraction yeah when it's it's not that it's not that and if they're the right person it wouldn't feel that way either you'd make the time for them absolutely and also it would be someone that you'd want to share all these busy things that you're doing you'd want to share that with them so yeah and they'd want to share it with you yeah exactly so I think I've found self-confidence in myself by kind of becoming more accustomed to my hobbies I think pre-lockdown life I was there was always so much going on but everything was kind of a bit sporadic and it was i I wasn't really I was kind of just going through the motions without kind of considering what I was doing and I think lockdown has enabled me to kind of take a step back and look at everything and then really dedicate time and effort to new things improving ones that I kind of left behind and so I've kind of it's kind of evolved into maybe like another career path or another avenue that I'd like to go down but I think by doing that and kind of just like deciding what I like, like what hobbies mm. I enjoy doing and has definitely helped kind of mm. improve my self-confidence. I think it is a, a large part of it is about self-knowledge. If you yeah. don't know yourself, you don't know what you like, who you are, 
then how how can someone else kind of get to know you how can you put yourself out there yeah um, and I think as well think, yeah you've hit the nail on the head like I've surrounded myself especially at uni especially in the last couple of years with such a great group of friends and such a great support network who I know I could trust on like I could count on for absolutely anything so Mm. to be able to have that I think and I think by finding that group has definitely helped I I would 100% agree um before uni I had had friends but it was not the same um as you say I just know that my best friends I can count on them yeah for absolutely anything that is such a comforting thought isn't it um it is and so you just know that if you were to have a relationship or if you were to get hurt or whatever you'd be in a place where you can deal with that because you're strong and your friendships are strong I'm the same like obviously I had friends at school but I think at uni you go through different experiences and it's totally different you're living a completely different lifestyle and I think by finding those friends who are going through like life at 20 and with all of its crazy ever-changing environment it's so great to have friends that you can count on I think if you have that self-worth and you have that support network really it you put you in such like a much better mindset I would also say like make sure your friends if they are in relationships they're the kind of people that they don't prioritize one of the other they make time for the friends for their Mm. friends and for their partner um because in a way that's that's a role model you know yeah one of my best friends Alex she is such a role model for that she dedicates so much time and energy to both her best friends and her boyfriend and I just think wow I aspire to that that is the perfect balance absolutely it's key you know my friends in relationships are so good at doing that like some of my best friends who are in relationships they're I really applaud them for how they do it yeah. because I don't know how they keep everything upstanding and like you say role models so exactly if they're if like the the you know the relationship is right I think it works for everyone yeah definitely um and I mean I'd have liked to include a segment on toxic relationships and um giving you guys advice on that but unfortunately I've never experienced that so I don't think I can I think there are a lot of podcasts that talk about being in relationships but I think it's quite nice to focus on being single yeah definitely especially when there's two of us single as well it's not even like the two different sides of the spectrum it's quite Mm. nice to see different ways that you have you know started to love yourself and then in turn felt ready to be in a relationship or been happy single because I always used to hear that like oh do you have to be happy being single before you can like be happy with anyone else and I was like stop this does not make sense and it was often from people who were in relationships so I'd say to myself that is easy enough for you to say you're in a relationship just like go away yeah um but it is true the vibe that I get from a lot of people who who were single for a long time and then have found love is yeah. that it comes when you least expect it oh my gosh I know but that that I know that it, that's right but at the same time that always grates on me <laughs> <laughs> me too me too because um, I'm like okay I'm not expecting it but like subconsciously my mind is like obviously expecting it so yes. I just need to forget about it <laughs> subconsciously I am eyeing up that guy in the vegan milk section and thinking <gasps> oh he could be dairy free or vegan uh this could be a potential <laughs> I actually, this is, okay, a quick story time. 
but I read this thread I think it was on Instagram and like a vegan community and someone said pro tip on how to get yourself a vegan boyfriend go to go with a trolley to the plant-based milk oh aisle my God. and when there's a guy there by accident knock into him with your trolley apologize <laughs> and then get talking and I was like this is awful but I laughed a lot I would really have a go at that but I think the average age for um guys in Cornwall is probably about 65 <laughs> <laughs> oh dear I mean there are a lot of young guys over in Brighton uh but you can't really see them behind those masks so. I know yeah funny quite hard um quite hard. I found talking about you know, being single and finding yourself in your youth. There was a, um, in the Sunday Times style about a week ago, um, Dolly Alderton, the queen that she is, wrote, um, Such a queen. wrote a column and someone sent her a question in. And the question was, I'm terrified I'm wasting my youth. I've recently turned 24 and have never been more aware of the slipping sand. How do I stop obsessing about my engine of youth puttering to a stop? And I thought that kind of tied into relationships and mm. being happy and appreciating your youth. So I've just highlighted some key lines from it. And she says, by wanting to capitalize on our time, energy and opportunities, we waste a lot of our lives thinking about how best to do it and preempting when it will all be over. Worrying about lack of experiences means you miss out on the fullness of a singular experience. And committing to a choice, whether it's a career, a relationship, singledom, travel, a home, a party, a holiday, is what makes it special. Acknowledging that you're losing one thing to gain another is what sanctifies sanctifies it. Every day can be the morning of your life. A sense of excitement and awe is yours to cultivate and utilise. And it doesn't have to be measured with clocks and calendars. As long as you wake up, there is another opportunity to fill your day with experience. The engine that you speak of isn't youth, it's gratitude. If you're willing, time will never rob you of that. Wow, a little round of applause for that. I just... Yeah. Every morning... Oh no, what was it? Every day can be the morning of your life. Yeah. Wow, that really resonated with me. I know. Um, and I read it and I was like, this is exactly what every person who's kind of going through it, not really sure at the moment, finding it really hard, needs to read. Definitely. Um, I think it's so natural but also kind of dangerous getting into that mindset that you know oh I'll be happy when I'll yeah. be happy when I get this career or when I get a boyfriend or a girlfriend yeah. uh, I don't know I'll be happy when I graduate I just there's always more you know you're never satisfied if you're in that mindset so yeah also, just be content with where you are today who you are today yeah I think that when as well is always so like I'm a huge believer in hope and dreams but I think sometimes by putting like you say that extra pressure on oh I'll be happy when this happens you end up mm. reaching that or getting to there and it's not like the grass is always greener yeah there's always something there'll always be something more so I think if you don't help like yourself yeah. or you become comfortable in your own company then I think it's just so it just makes it so so much more difficult and I think speaking yeah. about it it's, it's so easy when you talk about it. Putting it into practice is something else. But I'd like to think that by vocalising it, it acts as a nice reminder for self-worth and self-love. Definitely. And it will help keep us accountable when we're in situations post-lockdown where, you know, I don't know, we might start, if we question our self-worth, we can then come back to this episode and remember <laughs> what we said. <laughs> Just like quickly put it on in the club, like, yep, yeah, hype myself up. I'm back, boys. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> But it is true. 
uh, people listening, you've got to hype yourself up and act, even if you don't, if you don't rate yourself, just act as if you do. That is yeah. the best advice someone gave me and the best advice I can give to you if you are looking for a relationship because people show interest if if you're, you know, if you act as if you are worth their time, yeah. you know? I was reading an interview with Anthony Hopkins today and he was saying that the way that he kind of convinced himself to be the best actor was to walk into a room and think, well, I'm the king, like I'm on top of the world and like, and <laughs> I'm that. and I'm the best. And I was like, yeah, it is that like self-trickery of if you switch that mindset and you're like, yeah. no, I am the best, I'm worthy of this. It's like manifestation, it just... Mm. Exactly, because you just tell your best friend, you're the best, you're the queen, yeah. go into that room and rock it. Like so you deserve why not tell yourself that? Yeah, exactly. you deserve nothing less, you deserve the absolute best. Do you have anything else to add about singledom? I love that, singledom. Oh, <laughs> it feels like a kingdom. I was going to say! Say! Ooh. Guys, if you're single, you're part of the singledom. Welcome like. to the me time singledom. <laughs> exactly. Um, do I have anything else to add? Just that you you deserve the best and you you are whole without someone else. So don't don't think that you will only be good enough when someone else shows interest in you because you're always good enough. Yeah. Relationships should be an addition, not a filler. I stand by that. Exactly. Exactly. And being single is not a subtraction to your overall worth. <laughs> Um, what is your cultural recommendation for this week? Okay, so moving away from podcasts, because I've done two podcast recommendations in a row. Yeah. Um, I've been hooked on Spotify's Calming Instrumental Covers playlist for when I'm studying. Ooh. It's so just calming, as it says on the in the title. Um, and because you a lot of the tunes you do know, it's it's really soothing, I find. Um, but there are no lyrics. I find that distracting when I'm working. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a great playlist. And I find it really gets me into the essay writing zone. So would recommend. Oh, do you put it on when you're studying as well? When you're sleeping as well, like to go to sleep or? Oh, I don't usually put music on when I'm like going to sleep. Yeah, I, um, I don't either. I was just wondering because sometimes when I can't sleep, I've mm -hmm. tried like those rain music things on yeah. Spotify, but they never work. Well, uh, maybe, maybe I'll give it a go next time I'm having an insomnia. <laughs> uh, what's your recommendation? So I've done the same thing. I've kind of moved away from podcasts as well. And this kind of ties into one of my courses at the moment that I'm doing at Edinburgh, which is Poetry, Politics and Place for anyone that's interested. But we've been reading Sylvia Plath poetry. Oh, I love her. Yeah, and one of my favorite poems that I've read of hers in the last couple of weeks, I just had to share. So it's called Black Rook in Rainy Weather and it's from her Colossus collection. Mm -hmm. And read it, take time for it. I don't want to like quote it because I think the, to read the whole thing just as a continuous flow is just beautiful, but it's about her yeah. being hit by her creative inspiration and mm -hmm. how exhausting that is for her. And it's just beautiful and her writing is oh it's exquisite so I really wanted to share that yeah. with everyone because it's a great poem and yesterday when it was really sunny we were sitting um outside and I read it to my family and I was like you just have to listen to this because it's just the best thing and so I thought I'd share it with the listeners 
Sylvia Plath, her poetry is such a treat. I oh. just, I'm actually writing about one of her poems in my long <gasps> essay. So, oh, which one um, are you writing? It's from the Ariel. It's from the Ariel collection. Ooh. It's Lady Lazarus. Oh, I love Lady Lazarus. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, just get yourself uh, some Sylvia Plath, guys. Yeah. And is there anything that you're grateful for this week or a highlight that you have to share? Um, I made a batch of chocolate chip cookies the other day. That was <gasps> great. That sounds, I'm salivating. Yeah, <laughs> but that was great. Just did a little bit of afternoon baking, mm. listened to a podcast, tuned out mm, a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, what's been, that's honestly what's been keeping me going through lockdown is just baking. I bake just whatever. <laughs> I need to live with you because I would just devour all your bakes. That's fine. You can cook me curries and I'll make um, I will. I'll make the, the baked goods and we'll be fine. <laughs> Perfect. I'll do savory, you do sweet. Perfect. Um, what about you, Em? Um, it's a bit similar to what you said last week, but just spring in the air. I mean, oh. on my walk today, there was just a carpet of crocuses and daffodils oh. the first bluebells some snowdrops it was just amazing colors and smelled so fragrant and i don't know i just good things are coming you know i know it really feels like that this really feels like there's like an air of positivity and i'm really here yeah. for it some little children wrote uh with those pastel colored chalks uh, oh. on the pavement the other day and it said spring has sprung oh. and i was just Oh, so cute, so cliched, but so cute. I know, it just, but it really feels like that. And I think hoping that, you know, the R number stays down and we can go out. Yeah. That definitely. it feels like there's really some, like, it, it feels like a buzzy excitement that everyone's like getting ready. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, just got to keep doing our bit and hope for the best. <laughs> definitely. Well, I think that puts an end to our relationships and singledom episode, I guess we can now call it. <laughs> Oh, oh, great title. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode has been fun and helpful and made you, if you are single, realise that you are complete. Absolutely. And it's hopefully going to be a nice companion for ever that time when you're feeling a little wavering sense of self-doubt to remind yourself to love yourself and we love you too. Exactly. And always, if in doubt, enjoy some me time. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll put all those recommendations in the show notes so you can browse them at your leisure. See you next week for our next episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.